0: We are in awe of you and the way you guide us to the greater good. You've gifted us with the Holy Spirit as our advocate and guide. Open us to the Spirit's wisdom and truth. Open our ears, minds, and hearts to the word read and proclaimed today. May we know your truth and respond in faith. Amen. is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. He leads me in the right paths. For his name's sake, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me. In the presence of my enemies, you anoint my my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. This is the good news we have received, in which we stand, and by which we are saved. Thanks be to God.
1: Our gospel reading for this morning comes to us from John chapter 10, the first 10 verses. Listen to what the Spirit is speaking today. Very truly, I tell you, anyone who does not enter the sheepfold by the gate, but climbs in another way, is a thief and a bandit. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him, and the sheep hears his voice, she hears his voice. All who came before me are thieves and bandits, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters by me will be saved and will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. The Gospel of the Lord. Let's pray. Life abundant, God of grace, you call us by name to live without fear. In peace may we resist all who kill and despoil your people, that their hearts might be turned to the only source of life, through Jesus Christ, the gateway. Amen. Most people start the ordination process when they begin seminary. That's the normal path. But in my case, I wasn't ready yet. See, seminary for me was instrumental in broadening my horizons. Coming out of the evangelical world where women couldn't be pastors, where being gay was a sin, I wasn't ready to commit to the PCUSA on my first day of seminary. But I was on my last day. And so when I began a second master's degree at Princeton Seminary, I initiated the ordination process. And so by the time I graduated, I was ready to become an inquirer, which is the first step towards ordination. And I had been searching for jobs in the PCUSA and wasn't able to find any, but I found a children's and youth position at Trinity Episcopal Church in Bucks County, Pennsylvania. So the very week that I accepted that position, I went before the committee for ordination to become an inquirer. And they weren't happy that I took a job at an Episcopal church. Um, The head of the committee said to me, you know, if you want to be Episcopal, go be Episcopal. But if you want to be Presbyterian, be Presbyterian. I was confounded by this. And I said, well, it sounds like to me you'd rather that I go work at Starbucks and go into consumer debt rather than getting valuable ministry experience in a church that you respect. She didn't see it that way. And in one of the most confounding experiences of my life, the moment that I was ready to begin my career in this inclusive denomination, I was cast out. Derailed is the word that I used at the time. My my calling was derailed. It hurts to be cast out, especially by your community of faith. The Gospel of John was written to just such a community. We often forget that the first generation of Christians, they were... They were nearly all Jewish. Before the Apostle Paul brought the gospel to the Gentile world, Christianity was a renewal movement within Judaism, wherein this group of Jewish people, they heard the voice of God freshly spoken through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. In Jesus, they heard what theologian Howard Thurman calls the sound of the genuine. Thurman said, there is something in every one of you that waits and listens for the sound of the genuine in yourself. It is the only true guide you will ever have, and if you cannot hear it, you will all your life spend your days on the ends of strings that somebody else pulls. You see, these early Christians, they heard in Christ that sound of the genuine. And once they heard it, they were never the same again. And they kind of couldn't shut up about it either. They they kept talking about it. Not everybody was pleased to hear it. Some people heard this story of Christ, and, and they too were found liberation. They found within this voice... Something that resonated and and brought them life and healing and inclusion. But others were threatened by this renewal movement. They didn't resonate with this fresh voice. And they wanted to keep things the way they were. And so eventually John's community of Jesus followers, they were cast out of the synagogue. Expelled as heretics, not reformers. (laughs) And unsurprisingly, um, they were hurt by this. Now, of course, the distinction between a heretic and a reformer depends entirely on which side you support. But when you're labeled a heretic by those you love, it it stings. And John 10 was given to soothe the sting of those who have been cast out of their community. It was given to them to assure them that they belonged. John 10 was what we call the Good Shepherd Discourse. And we often forget that this entire section, this whole metaphor about Jesus being the gate and the Good Shepherd, all of this is a response to what happened in John chapter 9, which is the story of the man born blind. You might remember that Peter Ocheray during Lent preached on that passage where there's a man who's born blind and Jesus' disciples see him and they say, Oh, who sinned, teacher, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? And Jesus said, neither one. What a terrible question. (laughs) See, even followers of Jesus can look at disability, can look at struggle in life, and wonder, you know, what did I do to deserve this? How many parents have children with a disability and ask themselves, you know, what did I do wrong? I think in one form or another, we all ask that question in our life. It seems to be a natural question, but... It's an ill-informed one. What Jesus reveals in his encounter with the blind man is that there is no punishment in God. Full stop. God is simply not punitive. Now, there are consequences, natural consequences, for our actions that affect our lives, but this should never be understood as divine punishment. You see, what God wants for you... (laughs) is simple and unambiguous. Abundant life. That's all God has ever wanted for you. And so despite what you may have been taught, despite what you may have told yourself, God is not someone to be afraid of. We live in a benevolent universe where God is on your side. Always. And in every situation. And Jesus reveals this again and again in his life and his teaching, but we have a hard time believing it, don't we? The ups and downs of our lives lead us to believe that karma has the final word, that our suffering is both deserved and divine. But the God that Jesus reveals shows us that grace has the final word, and that love is what is deserved. And divine. And so the question for you is, which God do you believe in? Which one do you hear the sound of the genuine? There are thieves, there are bandits out there who would like to lead us astray from the sound of the genuine, but Jesus says that his sheep hear the voice of the shepherd, and they know that voice. So what does that voice sound like? In the case of the man born blind, it sounded like liberation. Being brought from the margin to the center, from exclusion to the beloved community. And the religious leaders, they come to him and say, hey, give glory to God. We know this man was a sinner. And the man who was born blind says, whether he's a sinner or not, I don't know. But what I do know is that I once was blind, but now I see See, if we were to summarize what the blind man heard in one word, that word would be grace. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound that saved someone like me. I once was lost But now I'm found Was blind But now I see I love that song. Not sure about that word wretch though. (laughs) I don't deny that me and you, any of us can act in wretched ways at times in our lives, but I don't think God saves wretches. No, God saves that which God values most, the man born blind, Emmett, you, me, each of us are God's greatest treasure, and what God treasures, we dare not call wretches, When you've witnessed grace, when you've witnessed life abundant, you know that you are hearing the sound of the genuine, and that sound is the voice of God. When you hear that voice, you're never the same. That sound takes you places you never expected you'd go. Sometimes those places are safe, like the sheep pen, or protected from danger. Sometimes that voice leads you out into the open, into the unknown, which can be scary and disorienting. But you go anyway because you know the voice of the shepherd. And if the shepherd is leading, then you're going to be okay because he always leads to abundant life. After being interrogated about whether or not Jesus is a sinner, the man born blind says, well, this guy must be from God or otherwise he couldn't have healed me. And the religious leaders respond to him, you were born entirely in sin and you're trying to teach us? And they drove him out. That word drove out, it's ekbalo in Greek. It's, it's a harsh word, it's, it's even violent. He was cast out by his own faith community, the same thing that happened to those first generation Christians. And like so many characters in John's gospel, this This man born blind is a symbol of something larger than himself. He's a symbol of all who've heard the sound of the genuine and been cast out for it. Now, what's amazing about Jesus' words in John 10 is that he reframes that experience entirely. He says, The sheep hear his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice. That word brought out, that's ekbala again in Greek. The same word for cast out, only this time it has an entirely different meaning. When the shepherd calls, the sheep aren't being cast out. They're being called out by someone they trust. And so Jesus is inviting us To trust that when we are derailed in our lives, there is a benevolent shepherd calling our name, leading us into the unknown. And so the thieves and the bandits, yeah, they're out there. And that can be scary. But they won't have the last word. Because when you belong to the shepherd, everything's going to be okay. In 2008, my life was derailed when the PCUSA said no to me. Or at least it felt that way. After five years of wandering around, I found my way back when Central College Presbyterian Church took a risk on me to hire me to do children's and youth ministry. And Three years after that, I was finally ordained. It it, it took a while. (laughs) But now I can say with certainty that the shepherd never abandoned me. My friends, all God has ever wanted for you abundant life. The struggles of your life, these aren't punishments. There is no punishment in God. God is a God of amazing grace, which is why you can know even when you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you don't have to be afraid because God is with you. So listen closely. And you will hear that voice of grace, the sound of the genuine within you. And that voice reassures you that you belong to God. And when you belong to God, then you belong here.
0: Let's pray.